This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Last time we talked about what makes for great sex. Today we want to talk about what's redemptive when we have sexual problems. Hey, you're listening to Foreplay Radio for couples and sex therapy, and I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your marriage therapist. We want to take a wide lens on sexuality and talking with you about what we've learned as experts in the field on how you bring your body your mind, and your brain to the sexual experience. We want to expand people's perspective of just talking about sex, that it's not something to be avoided, it's actually something to embrace and to lean into with an openness to be changed by what you hear. So, gee, are you like, you don't like talking about fluffy things? You're, you're not good at a cocktail party where you got to do all this small talk? Well, I want to squeeze in as much life as possible in the moments I have, so I tend to want to go deeper into meaningful conversations. (laughs) You're saying you suffer at cocktail parties. I can suffer. (laughs) But I could always fall back to talking about sports or something, politics. Oh, that's good. Sports and politics. That's an easy one. Uh And how's your team doing this year? (laughs) Eh, We won't get into that. But it is, I mean, I guess... I, I. What I'm looking for is that emotional engagement. So even Mm -hmm. politics or sports, I mean, how could you not have emotions when you talk about sex? Right. Okay. So we're going to talk about why sexual problems do something for us. What's redemptive about them? There's too much focus on trying to have a sex life free of problems. Like that's the gold standard. We should never have problems. It should be easy and perfect and spontaneous and You know, how boring would that be? (laughs) Two sexual pursuers fantasize just always being together and always wanting it and it being great all the time. It's a nice fantasy. (laughs) It's a nice fantasy. Right, but there's so much growth. There's so much. The beauty to me about a sexual problem is if you listen, it's trying to communicate. It's trying to lead us to change and to grow and to do something differently. That organisms that don't grow die and stagnate. We really need to keep being open to change and, and doing things a little bit differently. And that's why we need problems. Right. And I, I always think about it when a couple comes in. You know, sex is this fragile place in their relationship. And it kind of replicates whatever is truly happening in the rest of their relationship. I, I don't know how people don't talk about sex, how therapists don't talk about sex most of the time, because it's so illuminating in terms of what is actually going on with people, because this is the most intimate, vulnerable place, how they're getting connected in their bodies. I think that the sexual problem reflects kind of the deepest struggle of the person and how they feel about being vulnerable, how difficult it is to be naked, really, 
you know, both in body and spirit coming to another person. I mean, it's working that through is so amazing and gives them such opportunity to deeply be seen and deeply be known. I mean, I, I've been married for a long time and I still feel like there are breakthroughs that we have with each other in terms of increasingly understanding what sex means to us and what sexual problems mean to us and how we, my husband told me something the other night and it was like brand new. Um, What do you say? (laughs) (laughs) It's just my curiosity. I can't help myself. You don't have to answer that. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about what passion feels like to him. And it was, you know, it was beautiful and something he had never told me before. And, and it, I mean, it just drew me right into him. So it was very exciting. And I just think sexual problems and sexual exploration and communication in depth gives us this opportunity to be intimate and, and as I said, known. I just want to highlight what you're saying. It's so important that the, the problem is offers the doorway into these places of vulnerability. Right. Where we get to know ourselves better and our partner gets to know us better. And if we avoid that, we there's just a lot less to engage with. Mm-hmm. But I also want to zoom out for a second. And I don't want to paint the picture that this is the way sex always has to be. Right? That sometimes you do just want a quickie. And sometimes it is just focused on the physical. And there are just lots of different ways that we can connect and have sex. Right. It doesn't have to always be deep and meaningful. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm afraid we're, we're scaring some of our listeners that say, if this isn't the way it always is, this deep, vulnerable, talking about yeah. problems, like, yeah. ah. It's, no, it's, sometimes it's just a good way to go to sleep. Well, most of the world sees vulnerability as the traditional definition of being open to attack and weakness and failure, right? Most people don't want to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so we're just trying to expand that definition and say there are sometimes you need to protect yourself from those kind of weak places. But there's also an opportunity in going into those places to really not be alone. And that's all the problem is, is the signal of your body saying, hey, pay attention. Something's not going right here. I'm afraid. I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling hurt, scared. There's some pain. It's your body trying to embed it in the problem is the solution if you're willing to listen to the information. Yeah. And I think what you said about... When we have sexual problems, it's representative of our aloneness. And sex, when it's good, when it's connecting, it is such an effective way to be connected. It is such a deep way. Any kind of sex is connection if there's if you bring your heart and your soul to it. So you had a couple, a guy with ED. Can you tell that story about what happened to him and... What he was feeling. Sure. Unfortunately, it's too common of a story mm. that a partner will come in. In this, in this case, Billy came in with a lack of desire and a history of ED problems, mm-hmm. which, you know, earlier when you get their sexual history, when they met, sex was great because sex for Bill was totally performance-based and about the orgasm, and when they were young and everything was working fine, it was a, a, an area he could connect in. So how old is Billy now? Billy's in his late 40s. Okay. So I think around his 30s, Bill started to have some problems because yeah. sex became, you know, as his wife, and they had kids, and there was less opportunity for it. And mm-hmm. he started to turn towards porn, which a lot of times is a way of 
just finding an outlet and trying not to put pressure on your partner. Mm -hmm. But before you sure. know it, Bill had a harder time performing for his wife. Yeah. Right? Porn offers a sure thing, no pressure, an easy kind of release. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now this, and then she's getting frustrated. With she's him. getting frustrated, more pressure. So it's too common of a story. But what started off is as Bill not knowing how to do vulnerability, not knowing how to be present emotionally in his body, just focus on the orgasm. Kind of sets Bill up for these ED problems. Mm -hmm. It's pretty predictable. And then when the ED problems get worse, he now he no longer wants to really have sex with his wife. He wants to avoid the sense of pain that he's failing. So it gets harder and harder to engage sexually. It's going to turn more and more towards the porn. So it's not that he doesn't desire it. It's that he is failing in his performance, what he believes she wants. And so then he stops initiating. So he still has desire and maybe she's angry, right, because he's looking at porn. She's like, why doesn't he want me? She's probably mad and feeling unattractive, feeling distance, feels the difference between how he used to approach her with some regularity and now he's not at all and they're young. Right. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's a typical story. What I remember so vividly was Billy describing to me actually how lonely he felt during sex. Oof. Right, that he had That's so, so much painful. pressure and he was just trying to please God, just make sure everything works. And it's it just like he was cut off from his body, didn't listen to his emotions. He had so much pressure. He was totally lost in his own head. He's how telling himself this story that is so about how good he is or how not good he is. He's exactly. not really enjoying sex. No wonder he has ED. I mean, he can't feel anything at that point. Anything that would feel good. How does that not break your heart that here he is in the most natural way of being connected and become part of something bigger than yourself and he is feeling utterly alone? I know. He's literally touching his wife and he can't even feel her presence. He's not engaged in the moment. He is totally mm -hmm. locked down in his own anxieties. And, and I think that when a partner feels that kind of touch, that's the difficulty. You can't receive that because it doesn't feel like it's about you. It exactly. doesn't feel like it's, it's coming your way. And it wasn't that his desire was fading. It's just that anxiety kills desire. Mm -hmm. It and does. So that's so often what we're trying to do. And we're trying to just help reduce the anxiety. Mm -hmm. right? And then that desire can come back online. And he's so fearful of being found to be lacking, to be, you know, bad in bed. I, I do think that's the, the big fear when couples come for help, finally, about sexual problems or any kind of problem. Oftentimes, it's this sense of, I'm, I'm going to be discovered. The therapist is going to see that I'm really no good at all. And I'm going to hear my wife say, I'm not good and bad. I'm, I'm a terrible lover. It's just so much fear and humiliation about approaching this. And yet, it's the opportunity to potentially reach deep connection and expose these fears. You were saying something to me this morning that I really liked. Say it again. You were talking about how a withdrawing partner, every time they withdraw. Every time a withdrawer pulls away, a protector pulls away, right? Every time there's an ouch, mm -hmm. there's a reason, there's a fear, there's a pain. Something's happening that they don't want to confront and they want to go back into that safe place. But every time they pull away, and they don't get any comfort or reassurance, any success with that ouch. It just strengthens that muscle memory that the safest place is to disengage. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do George, you need to like you need to like 
write a book on that. Just that's your thesis right there. Wow. I do. I really think it's so important because the, I don't think that that's being said enough. And, and it's like I have to get it in my head. When they feel pain, like this guy, right? It's an Billy. ouch. When I like this, it. Don't use big words. It's a okay. little ouch, right? Okay. It's a little ouch, right? We can't use big words with distance with, right. with withdrawers. It's so, so counterintuitive. When I feel an ouch, I really don't want to share that ouch because I'm afraid that's going to make it worse. You know, we're going to get into a big conversation. I'm going to get reminded of more things that I don't do right. My wife the, is going to start saying, the best I knew thing, you weren't attracted to me and right. it's going to, I don't know how to say right. that. I don't now know how we're going to gonna totally that. kill the moment. Now yeah. we're talking about all this, like, what's the, if I can just like numb out that ouch and persevere, that I, you know, then I'll get to the promised land. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's but what what most people are not recognizing is to hide that ouch, the cost that it takes to hide that ouch just continues to strengthen that belief, even unconsciously in those protectors that the best thing they can do with their ouches or their vulnerabilities is to hide it. Is to go away. So go that's going to be their partner. Exactly. That's going to be our critical moment. It's when they're going away. Mm-hmm. How do we get them to confront it and face it instead of going away? And that's what we're going to cover when we come back from this break. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just... So much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. Hey, I want to let you guys know all about George. He's written and contributed to several books, and I'd especially like to draw your attention to his book, Sacred Stress, a radically different approach to using life's challenges for positive change. His book is about a mission on how you adopt new strategies and turn stresses into a positive force in your life. And who among us doesn't live with a lot of stress these days? We'll keep you posted as to all he's doing. But George and other EFT therapists all around the country and the world hold couples retreats called Hold Me Tight, which is developed by Sue Johnson, and it helps secure your own relationship. If you'd like therapy with George, find him at georgefowler.com. So George, Billy, his penis is directing him into himself. It's like this fantastic barometer. He can't escape it. And he's just following the rules that he was taught as a young man on what to do with sex. And what he doesn't understand is that those rules lead to these problems. And then he's made to feel blame like it's his fault why he has these problems. When it's like a math equation, it's pretty predictable. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we, we want him to say what to his wife? Like, I'm maybe risk and be vulnerable and say, I'm suddenly I'm aware of, you know, I'm afraid I'm not going to get hard for you and you're going to be mad at me. That's that pivotal moment to get Billy to lean into his fears and listen to the ouch and to share the ouch instead of trying to hide the ouch. It's so counterintuitive. And again, we don't have to get this perfect all the time. It's just a matter of maybe it's after sex or maybe it's during. We could figure all of that out. But can he say, hey, it's hard for me to be present because I'm afraid that I'm going to let you down? Mm-hmm. Right? How do you think his wife might respond to that? So I, th- I think most women are going to be compassionate about that. They're saying, you know, I, I just want to be with you. 
just us being in bed together is a good thing. I know one guy who I've seen for a while and he has ED and she says regularly to him, it's not about your erection. It's really not. And I've heard her say that probably 15 times, you know, and he says, but she would love me more if I had an erection. I'm like, no, she would love you more if you stayed present with her. Get out of your own head and say, you know, it's about you. It's about me. If a woman heard that, you know, that vulnerability is exciting, frankly. I mean, anytime that a man is vulnerable, it's exciting. Well, if you're getting him out of his head, what are you getting him into? Right. When he's out of his head, then his body is clearer, you know, and he can feel again. I think the same thing happens with women. So many women, they hit a plateau, which is a normal stage, actually. She's kind of highly aroused. And suddenly she becomes self-conscious and she just can't get there. And she starts telling herself, it's not my night. I'm not very good at this. All of that anxiety happens. And she tries to fake it. She tries to keep going. She tries to keep that inside, all her fear of what's happening rather than just talking about it and letting him comfort her. And I think that that withdrawal happens with women as well, especially sexually when they when they hit those places or it's not happening for them, they're not getting aroused. All of that brings this fear, especially if you have a partner who expects a performance or expects you to meet them and feel the same thing that they're feeling. If we listen to the signal, the problem, it tells us what we need, the solution. Mm -hmm. If we avoid it, no risky, no getty. We're not going to get what we're (laughs) needing in those places. So the signal is telling us we're anxious. If I'm anxious, I need reassurance. I need comfort. If I'm feeling pain, I need comfort. Mm -hmm. Our body will tell us what we need. We just have to take that risk. And I agree with you. Vast majority of the time, the partner not only wants it, feels so much more connected when that, their partner takes the risk because it empowers them to be the superhero of the story. Yes. They get to love their partner in their brokenness, in their fears, where they need it the most, not just when they're getting it right. That's easy love. It's easy to love your partner when everything's perfect, but it's actually when the problems start to happen that they we need it the most. Right, So that's when you can see in these dark places, people show up for each other. Their love becomes battle tested. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing what that can do to solidify the intimacy in a couple. Mm -hmm. And once they feel that, it's almost like you can almost sense their blood pressure coming down in a good way. (laughs) And their, their bodies sync up, you know, when they feel that comfort from their partner. Yeah. Right. And that's why that, that... And that syncing up is... The entranceway into seduction and into flow for sex. It's amazing what can happen when pressure and fear is reduced. Mm-hmm. So even though you get some reassurance and now your your wife is hugging you and you're just feeling kind of wanted in these places where you don't even like yourself, they, once the healing starts to happen, it's amazing how the arousal can start coming up again. Right. So that's exactly what happened with Billy. Uh-huh. Right? He's so ashamed. He's, so he's waiting to, to feel rejected. And when his wife's able to say, I have some of the same fears, it's okay to feel that way. You know, I love you either way. If we can't, you know, we can just, you know, that, that reassurance from his wife 
gets Billy back into his body when he's feeling her hug and he starts mm-hmm. to feel her caress in his back. All of a sudden, his body starts saying, that's interesting. I never even noticed those things. <laughs> I didn't even know I had a back. That's right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, what do you think starts to happen for Billy? <laughs> I didn't know I had toes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. We're, we're treating so many of these problems with medicine and that, that can be helpful. But the root of this, the Irish have a great saying, everybody focuses on the drinking and not the thirst. Mm-hmm. Right? How do we get these people who are not in their bodies and avoiding themselves to actually start to experience success in their bodies? Mm-hmm. That's the best way to get arousal and desire turned back on. And the only way we're going to do that is if we have the courage to face those problems and see the opportunity in them. like that. Human sex is so complex that... If we didn't have problems, if we didn't have anything to work out, I mean, if we could just be like bunnies, that would be one thing. But this gives us an opportunity to have a richer, fuller experience of each other that wouldn't be possible if we didn't have different arousal patterns, if we didn't have sexual problems. And if it all works smoothly, I mean, fantastic. And it is fantastic when that happens. But this opportunity of the problem makes us know each other better, gives us that chance to resolve things that might not have been resolved before. Like I think couples, one particular case that comes in a lot is the couple who seems to be kind of placid. They they are often best friends, but they have so much trouble in the bedroom. They can't get started. They can't get aroused. They can't find each other because there's there's kind of not enough flint and spark, you know, yes. flint and steel. There's there's nothing there. And so that is the opportunity where they start to realize, oh, I have to be open. I have to tell my partner something controversial. I have to say I prefer this kind of touch or something that is really scary for them because they're so afraid they'll hurt their partner or they're mm. so afraid that that kind of risk will make their partner go away or, you know, I mean, they've never had that in their relationship because they're trying so hard to be nice to each other. They're trying so hard to get along. And it turns out that we actually have to have problems in order to make it be good sex. We have to face those things. We have to face our differences in the bedroom. We have to be open about things we like and don't like. And that's so scary. But this is the opportunity for them, uh, particularly this type of couple who is the best friend, no sex kind of relationship, to have a much deeper relationship with each other. It's so touching what they're trying to do. They're willing to sacrifice themselves because they don't want to hurt their partner. It's so loving. But what they're not recognizing, the cost of that protection is the numbness. It's the distance. It's Mm -hmm. the lower levels of engagement. It's not being able to to know them. Right. We can't know each other if we don't have any differences, if it, we just make nice all the time. And people try to do that. They particularly, I think, try to do that in the beginning of a relationship. They struggle with their differences. And one of the most helpful things for me in my graduate program, I remember some of the work by Ed Tronic, and he's looking at interactions in relationships. And he says there are basically three states. There's a state of connection when we're in this entombment, synchrony, positive affect that feels amazing. Mm-hmm. You just can't live in that place. Mm-hmm. Eventually, something comes along that breaks that connection. And the body lets us know, right? It sends us signals of negative affect, fear, pain, loneliness, whatever the signal is that, hey, we're no longer where we need to be. The key is that third one. It's, 
It's that ability to repair. How do you get from this disconnection back into that place of connection? To repair, you have to listen to the problem. You have to be willing to take in that information and use it. Yet you're 100% right. If there was no problem, what would happen to relationships is they die. We need problems as long as we can repair because that means we're constantly growing and changing and doing it differently. Right. So I love- The couple who doesn't have the, the problems actually goes cold. Exactly. Right? There's no heat between them that is compelling between them. If we can help change our listeners' relationships to problems, to start seeing the opportunity to embrace them instead of seeing them as evidence that, you know, you're failing or you're doing something bad. No, this is an inevitable part of the process. Mm-hmm. The more that you lean into it and say, all right, here it is. Let's, let's listen to what's happening. It's just going to give you so much more to engage with mm-hmm. and increase the passion in your relationship. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening to 4Play Radio. This week... We tried to really highlight the importance of seeing the opportunity in problems. Next week, we're going to go a little bit deeper into more severe problems. We're going to talk a lot about trauma and how that impacts relationships. Hi, 4Play fam. The biggest support you can give us is sharing our podcast with a friend. You can find us also on socials, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we'd love your questions and feedback and really do use these to guide our show. We'd also love it if you'd rate and review us. If you're interested in learning more about us and our mission, look us up on our hot new website, 4PlayRadioSexTherapy.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.